Ah, you're going to love what Shelby has to say today. And I found a YouTube channel that I used in the classroom this week, and I got the most enthusiastic response of anything I've ever done. It's episode 23, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. All right, I am really excited to have Shelby with us today. Shelby is a substitute teacher. I've, we've been wanting to get together for a long time, and I'm glad I finally got to do this. Shelby, how are you doing? I am so well. How are you today? I'm excellent, excellent. Why don't we start Good. by you just telling us a little bit about the area you substitute teach in, whether it's a small school or large school, anything along those lines. Yeah, well, I am a substitute teacher uh, for a town uh, in North Carolina. Um, we have a ton of schools in our district, but we also have those large and small schools. So it's kind of a really good mix of both for me. Um, I'm also a student uh, at UNCG, um, finishing up my history degree and finishing up my secondary uh, education degree as well. Nice. What, uh, yeah. what, age, what age group are you going to try to teach when you get out? So my goal is high school. I feel like I can really connect with them. And usually in high school is when they stop loving history um, <laughs> and they just feel like it's something that they don't need to learn. And, you know, I mean, most high schoolers feel like what they're being taught, they don't need to learn. But I had one really good teacher that made me fall in love with history. And then I never looked back. So I would really like to do that for other high schoolers, too. You know, I'm not even sure myself at, at that level. Do you teach like world history or mainly uh, uh, United States history or both? Yes. So I get really lucky with the schools that I'm, that I'm at. So they teach, um, there's a couple different classes. So of course there's world history, there's civics that go inside of that, which is a really fun class to teach. Um, I've done uh, U.S. history as well. So that's always fun. Um, when you come in as a sub, I feel like you can talk a little more open about U.S. history outside oh, of no textbooks. Doubt. Right. Um, so that's always for a fun day. And then, of course, um, you know, just I mean, anything, they kind of throw it at these kids. And the problem, you know, most of the time is that they teach it out of the book so they don't make it fun. Um, yes, so when absolutely. I try to come in, I try to, you know, see what they're talking about, try to follow the sub plans as best as possible. But um, I usually do a little something where, you know, you have 10 or 15 minutes where you can ask Miss Journey history questions and I will give you what I think is a factual representation of what happened. Oh, I um, think that's excellent. Yeah. And they enjoy it so much because it ends up going from, you know, can you explain this? And, you know, it follows the sub plan still, but it's me being able to teach instead of sitting behind a desk, you know, just passing out worksheets. I'm all, I'm all for that. In fact, one of the questions we were going to cover was how, how to get the subject to be more fun. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where everyone has a subject that they're absolutely in love with. For me, that just happens to be American history and world history and right, civics. Right. So I get really lucky when, I get to go into these classes and, you know, if we're covering court cases, um, I just had a civics class um, last week and it was seniors, juniors and sophomores. So you can imagine it's a cluster of students from, you know, every every walk of life at that yes. point. And yes. what we did, um, you know, they're talking about some pretty serious court cases. So we talked about uh, like Miranda versus Arizona and Roe versus Wade. Right. And for the Miranda right. versus Arizona case, 
once they studied it and read the court documents, um, I did a debate. Um, so I had someone who agreed with it and someone who disagreed with it and had them come up and told me why they agreed with it or why they disagreed with it. And I'm so blessed that these kids have never had to be in front of a judge because um, <laughs> I told them, I said, you know, we're going to act like this is you're giving us, you know, your opening statement, your argument and the closing statement. So, you know, let's, let's do it this way. And, uh, the first kid said, uh, your honorable honor. <laughs> so I couldn't stop him. I just, it's one of those moments you try not to laugh. And then the other one said, your majesty and continued. Oh, so nice. I was, I was very thankful that my kids have never had to be in front of a judge and didn't know what to say. So it was, it was a good day that day, but yeah, I mean, you just have to make it fun for them. And once you make it fun for them, they can look back and they'll remember that. And there's they'll, no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, uh, look I, back. I like to do debates at the end of class myself. And, you know, yeah. some of them, depending on what age group you're teaching, some of them talking about, you know, wanting to be attorney someday. And I say, well, you know, right. the fun thing is, let's see if you can argue both sides of the same argument. Right. And then, yeah, you know, our, you, yeah. you might be headed in the right direction. And you, you see these kids and, you know, when they come up and they have this, an argument that's so based on fact and it's not just opinion and it's not yes. um just something they feel it gives me this such a just a great feeling in my heart because they're not doing it just based off what their um faith tells them or just what their opinion tells them they're going yes. based off of factual you know knowledge and what they feel like morally is right or wrong yes. and that to me just as a teacher and as a substitute it just makes me so happy because there's so much that people say about this generation that's in school right now. Um, and I feel like when you're a sub, you see the good and the bad, but the good really outweighs the bad. And it just I makes agree. me so happy because you see these kids and they're like, I'm like, Oh man, what if he becomes a lawyer and he can remember looking back and calling me, you know, your <laughs> majesty or, you know, something like that. So, right. Right. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, yeah. You mentioned you uh, teach in a large district. Do you get to teach for both smaller schools and larger schools? And if so, what are the differences? Yeah, I do. So I, my district has 170 plus schools. Wow. Um, so you can imagine we have the really large schools that will take you, you know, seven, 10 minutes to cross campus. And then you have the smaller schools where, um, you know, it's too long, it's too long hallways and there you are in a cafeteria. Right. Um, so for me, um, when I've done the smaller schools, I do find that it is more, um, what's a great way to put this without saying it badly. Um, <laughs> it is more, it's more tightly woven. So the okay. teachers usually have been there for, you know, 10 plus years, five plus mm -hmm. years. Um, the administration has been there for however long, even if, you know, a principal has changed. Um, usually the teachers won't. Um, cause they, they like that small town feel for me, the bigger schools, um, where they have those newer, younger teachers, or they have, um, you know, a newer, younger administrative staff or anything like that. It is, it's a different feel. I feel like you can have good at both, but it is solely up to the administrative staff and what the teachers allow you to do. Okay. Um, and how they allow you to sub. I've had a, you know, I went to a big high school and I couldn't get a staff bathroom key. Um, so I had to go and ask permission from a teacher for her to then unlock the bathroom key for me. Um, but I've had a middle school where I've done um, sub positions for a couple days and they've, this is our break room. This is the printer code. This is yes. the, you know, Wi-Fi, And it really just depends on how, how well they want to treat their subs. I think that right. that really what it comes down to, you can have 
you know, a huge high school with four or five floors and, you know, the trailers outside and it'd be the best school. Or you could have a really small school that they make you feel like you're the stranger for the day. Um, so it really, it really just depends. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good answer. You mentioned a large, a larger school. How large was it? Um, so this had, I'm trying to think. Um, I know, I think their senior class probably had four or 500 in it, I think. Okay. All right. So you can imagine from each, you know, that's a pretty large school at that point. Right, so right. if you have, you know, two floor, two or three floor, I think it's a three floor high school. And then the whole back of the campus um, is nothing but pods for other classes. Okay. Um, but they also have a lot of extra stuff. So they had like the ROTC program at their high school. They had uh, multiple languages that they taught. Um, so that was really cool to see. The smaller schools, you don't get that as much. Yes, uh, it's really yes. centralized. Um, but I mean, it really depends. So, I mean, but that also goes back to district districting and how much, you know, taxes help with the schools and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Right. From a discipline standpoint, now I'm not talking about like fights in the hallway. I'm just talking about, you know, general disruption in the classroom. What, uh, what tricks of the trade have worked well for you? Yeah. So for me, I always kind of come in and I'm very, I'm probably more at their level than I should be. Um, okay. so I'll come in <laughs> and I know, and it's, I'm 27. So I'm, you know, okay. most of these kids they're, you know, they're in their teenagers. So I still listen to the same music they do. We're probably watching the same shows. Um, the only difference is I'm married 27 and I have my degree so I can teach. Right. right <laughs> so, right. um, and of course, you know, I come in there and, you know, just right off the bat, you know, Hey guys, my name's Mrs. Journey. Um, this is what we're doing today. Here's the deal. Uh, if we're respectful, if you guys can prove to me what, you know, that you guys can do this, we can get your work done quick and then have a discussion topic. If not, you guys can choose, um, how you want the day to go. And usually, right what I find with the students that I have, they want to get their work done quick and then have discussions. They want, yes. they want those heart to hearts. They want to ask you questions. They want to know about your life. Um, and they really just, they want to get to know you because, and you've probably seen this as well. Um, some of these teachers that they have are burnt out. Right. right. Um, so, you know, they're teaching just straight from the book and the books are maybe, you know, depending on your district, 10, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. So they really, I really kind of go in there and just say, Hey, here's what we can do. If you're disrespectful, I'll just, I'll send you to ISS or, um, I'll call a teacher and you can have a nice day. I've had to do that a couple of times before, but usually, um, more times than not, they're fine with me coming in and just saying, let's get work done. And then we can have a good time. I, I agree. I usually try to keep like a, like even a trivia question in my back pocket and they know that if they get their work done, I'm going to you know, share that with them and see how well they do. Uh, so I, yeah. I like all your answers. I, I think that adds a lot to the class to be able to add your own touches to it at the end, your own stories. And you were yeah. talking about your age. I'm, I'm in my sixties and there's yeah. some of today's music that I like too. So yeah. <laughs> I, I've and been a top 40 yeah. geek since I was uh, 14. So and yeah, that, that part of me didn't go away. Yeah. Go and it's, it's one of those things where the one thing that I have, started to do that, you know, since I've been subbing, I will go in and I will say, um, guys, I'll let you ask me five questions. And those questions can be anything. Um, but after those five questions, we'll get our work done. As soon as we get our work done, we're good. Um, and you know, they'll ask your favorite sport team. They'll ask if you're married, they'll ask, um, what your hobbies are, what you like to teach. And that to me usually opens up 
a better dialogue than coming in and just, you know, putting your name on the board. My name is Miss Journey. You're going to get your work done and that's it. I like that. You're going to let me steal that idea, aren't you? Yes, I... please do. <laughs> yes. No, I like works. that a lot. It works. Yeah, it's worked with middle schoolers really well and my high schoolers love it. Um, right. Because they get to know me for have, for however long they get to know me and they can feel like they can have a conversation with me. And some of the best days that I've had as a sub has been because of conversations I agree. from that starter. Um, and that, I mean, that to me just, you know, we, we go into this field to love on kids, right? Um, oh, we love to teach, but we, we want to make that one difference, you know, for a day. And for me, if I can go in, you know, if Mr. Ernie can go in and love on a kid that day and show them that, you know, subjects are cool and this is what is right and things like that, that just makes my life worthwhile. So, Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Let's flip that around a little bit. You know, we talked about discipline. Uh, do you ever reward students? And if so, how? I do. Um, my reward system is a little different. Um, of course, I can, I'll usually say, you know, we can listen to music if we get to that point. But what I do is I usually joke with the students. So, for example, I had a middle school class last week. And uh, while they were doing their work, we, we all just kind of joked around a little bit. So they were doing so well. They weren't talking loud. They were being respectful. Um, and we saw a kid with Crocs on and he was joking on his own Crocs. So I, ju- I jumped in <laughs> with him. Um, and that to them just showed them, you know, hey, this is a real person. This, so, I mean, that to me was really, really nice. Yes, I agree. I, I like to do that as well. Uh, have you taught at elementary, middle, and high school levels? What do you see as the differences between the three? So elementary school terrifies me. Um, me too, I like, a little bit. Yeah. That's what my wife does, but that it terrifies, terrifies me a little bit too. Yeah, it is. Um, elementary school teachers are cut from a different cloth and bless them <laughs> because it's so needed, um, but it terrifies me. So I only teach at the middle and high school level. Okay. That's actually me as well. I've, I've done one fifth grade class, but I, uh, I tend to do more middle and high school and especially more middle school. So yeah, I'm in the same boat in that regard. Uh, do you have time to go to their extracurricular activities? Do you do any of that? Oh yeah. So I've been, um, asked before, you know, Hey, Mr. Um, can you and your wife come to a football game? Can you, um, come to this competition? Um, I had a uh, four or five day long sub job where I had a senior civics class as one of the classes. And, um, one of the students came up to me and said, you know, it's senior night. Both of my parents work third shift. Um, do you think maybe, um, you would walk me on field? And right. I was so honored because nice. she had only known me for a couple of days. And unfortunately, um, we were going on vacation, so I couldn't make it. But I did make sure she knew how proud I was of her and how Absolutely. much of an accomplishment it was that she got to be recognized, um, not just for being a senior, but for doing all these extra things outside of, and being well at it. Um, so that was just a huge honor. Anytime a kid asks me to come, I'll try to make it. Um, but unfortunately, with school and you know how it is, you you want to get home and you have a laundry list of things you have to do as well. But when I can, um, I'll definitely, you know, try to show up just so they get that extra support. Right. That's why I feel I'm kind of blessed that my laundry list in the evening is normally officiating their athletic event. So I get to see them on the court and the field as well. So that that I agree with you. That's a lot of fun. What information have you found that your students share with their regular teachers? And let me just lead into this. Yeah. Uh, what makes uh, the students' favorite substitutes their favorite substitutes? 
Well, as a substitute that gets called a favorite substitute all the time. Um, not, it's nice, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. And it's one of those. Feel, feel proud like, of that. Feel proud. Yeah, of that. I really do. Because for that moment, you know that you've made a difference and it's not because you've been lax on their work or not because you haven't taught. It's because for, you know, that hour and 20 or 30 minutes, you taught them and you could be a positive influence. Um, so to me, what makes, you know, a favorite sub is someone that just goes in and shows that, you know, that we care and we don't just care about one individual. We care about every single person. Um, and I think that's really important in the day and age that we're at now that we, you know, it's not just the smart kid in class that, you know, the teacher should favor. It's the kids that are struggling that we should pay extra special attention to. And that's about it. Yeah, that's what I do. I go in and I make sure everyone knows that I'm here and I'll answer any questions. And I think it's, and you probably can relate to this too. It's being personal with them. No when doubt. you go in, yeah, when you go in and you have a brick wall and you don't let them ask questions and you go in super um, disciplined Hulk is what I like to call it. I had a, yes. uh, a student yes. say that they had a sub that was disciplined Hulk. Um and just a, I'll, I'll go off on a brief story. I did a long-term sub job for a sixth grade ELA class. Okay. Um, so these were kids that, you know, some of them might've had some disciplinary issues. Some of them, you know, might've had lower reading scores and they had had a, um, their teacher gave their, her 38 day notice the first day of school. Oh, wow. So they hadn't, yeah, they hadn't had a permanent teacher the entire school year. Now we're, we're in November now at this point, we're getting close to you know, December. So I came in and the school said, would you like to, you know, have this job for, you know, two, three weeks? And I said, of course. Um, I don't think any sub usually would turn down, you know, guaranteed work at a school that you'd like (laughs) for X amount of, yeah, X amount of weeks. Um, But, you know, I went into the classroom and there was nothing on the walls. There were, you know, no books and all their work from the last weeks was stacked in piles, not graded, um, not checked. And they knew that. So, I had to make that um, transition with, hey, we're coming in, you guys um, work now at this point. I'm going to grade, even though, you know, that's not something we usually do as subs. Um, This is a system we're going to do, and I expect you to do this, you know, when we do it. Once they hired and readjusted their teachers so they could absorb that class and pass it out, um, I actually had a parent, or actually not just one, I had a handful of parents that called into the school. Um, and complained about the new teacher because the new teacher came in and that's where I got the teacher Hulk disciplinary Hulk, um, right. came in and was very, um, this isn't Miss journey's class anymore. This is how I do it. And she, um, you can't be like that with an ELA class. You probably experienced that as well. There's, right. you have to learn each class is different and how you can speak to them and how you work with them. But, um, you know, that's, one of the reasons I, I get preferred, you know, teachers hear about that. Um, parents call in and, you know, parents tell their friends, um, Hey, you know, they had Miss journey. You should, you know, if your teacher ever needs a sub, you know, let them know. Right. Um, That's and that for me just makes such a huge difference. I mean, yesterday I got, uh, calls from two different schools, um, from the teachers saying, Hey, you're highly recommended. Um, the kids love you. Can you, you know, can you come in this week? You know, when, when I need a sub job, can you do it? And of course, you know, most of the time I'll say yes, unless it's, you know, a busy week or something else is going on. Cause right. I love going back and seeing those kids. Yes, um, Cause then yes. you have that, then you have that reputation with them. They know that they can't mess around with you, but they also right. know that you're there to care. 
So yes, that, that yes. always makes a huge difference for me. And, and I know you're like me in this regard too. You'd much rather work a day for somebody that specifically asked you than just something you picked up off a of front line or something like that. Oh, of so. course. Because <laughs> here's the thing about frontline is that you never know, honestly, what you're going to get. That's So true. it might say, you know, seventh grade social studies, but Another example, last week I went to a school and it was supposed to be a um, seventh grade social studies. I'm sorry. Eighth, yeah, they said seventh grade social studies. I went in and all the teachers were there, but they needed coverage for different classes. Yes, I've so, done that too. Yeah, what I expected to do and come in and teach the subject I love. I came in and was covering for a math class. And I don't know about you, but <laughs> I was past the generation of common four. So I don't understand how these kids are doing the math. Um, right. but, and it's one of those things where you want to go, oh, well, this is how I did it back then. And then you show them how you do it. And they're like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense, but we have to do it this way. And then you have right, right. two sheets of, of paper and you're like, well, that's nice. Do, do it how your teacher wants you to do it. So, uh, yeah, really. I, right. I went through that too. When I did my long-term last year, it was nine weeks in a sixth grade math class. So yeah, I had to reacquaint myself and a couple, one of the weeks was a, a statistics week that had just been moved from the eighth grade curriculum like two year, uh, two years ago. So wow, it was really some pretty intense stuff. That I was, you know, I have found, you know, especially for math that I just find some Khan Academy videos. If I can't, if I don't think yeah. I'm good doing a good job of getting the point across. So there's some mm -hmm. of those that are really good. Yeah, I like staying with, um, like I said, English or history. So I use a lot of uh, vocabulary. Right. Or a quit? Is it um, Quizlet? Not Quizlet. Um, Quit. It's the there one with the Quizlet. robot and the yeah. There, I know there's Quizlet, but the one with the um, robot and the um, guy. I know that you probably know what I can't think of the name right now to save my life, but it's a whole website with videos and um, tests that they can do, um, and it's really interactive for them. So I'll try to once I do a lesson for that, I'll try to incorporate vocabulary or another right. website that I know. So. Right. I like to use Kahoot too. I'm sure you remember that. Yes. Uh, yes. You can design your own, but yet there's plenty out there if you don't have the time to do that. So yeah, I really like that too. Well, I can tell I enjoyed this interview because our time has really gone by fast. Is yes, there anything you want to, anything else you would like to share before we wrap up? You know, I think, um, just for history and English teachers out there, like I said, um, I don't teach the math and sciences. Usually I think um, going in and having an open mind and making sure that these kids know that um, they're loved and they're wanted and that yes. this, these are subjects that they should want to study and want to learn. Um, to me, that that is what makes all the difference. Just going in and for however many hours that day, the kid knows that they're loved, you know, even if their home situation is bad. That's what makes a huge difference for me. So, yes, yes, I yeah, agree. Yeah. For sure. Shelby, I really appreciate it. This has been great. Uh, we'll definitely uh, get together again in the future sometime, and you can tell me how all your education and all your future endeavors are going. Uh, I would but, love to, and I wish you the best. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Talk. Thanks. All right, thanks. All right. Man, I really love Shelby's personality. I can certainly tell uh, why the kids like her, like to have her in class. We, we've discussed some things over email since then, so I'll have her back. We've already got a, a couple of topics that we want to maybe be more specific about and talk about a little bit. So I really enjoyed that interview. I hope you did too. I promised to tell you about a 
YouTube channel that I found this week. It's called Data is Beautiful. And basically what it is, it uses, you know, the left to right bar charts, I guess we call those histograms, that various different topics, it shows you how things have changed over the years. For instance, in one class, uh, we were talking about countries and population. And since we had about five minutes left over at the end of class, I pulled up this website to show them how some popular names given to children had changed over the years. It actually started way back in 1880, and Mary was the most popular girl's name. And we it played out and progressed until 2019, so they got a big kick out of that. They were cheering as it progressed to see if they could find their name up there somewhere. And I had no idea that it would get such an enthusiastic response. There's also some on there about, uh, you know, you could use actually – during the class time. There's some pop culture, but there's also things about how population has changed. I saw one about how population is predicted to change through the year 2030. And it's really kind of just a fun thing for them to watch and watch all the the histogram bars change as the years progress. So I would encourage you to, if not use it in the classroom, just look at it. It's very entertaining. Data is Beautiful is the name of the YouTube channel. And once you get to that one, you're going to get samples of other similar YouTube channels that are on there that do basically the same thing. Not quite as many subscribers, but some that I think you'll like. You know, it shows the change of social media. It shows how GNP in the country has changed over the years. Really fascinating stuff. I know we're headed into a short holiday week. I wish all of you the best of Thanksgiving. I guess I can already be thankful a little bit in addition to family things and being blessed all year. Got a call last night, and I've picked up another long-term sub job beginning this week through the holidays. So I'll be at the same school for a while, and I already know those kids in those classrooms. They're great kids, as all the kids I've had are. But it's been a good week. I hope you have a good week coming up. Best of holidays to you, and we'll see you next week on Substitute Teacher's Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.